0: There are four basic rules to choosing your career. The work has to be the reward. An interesting career is better than a fun career. A career doesn't have to be a straight line, and beware of unhealthy passions. My dream for you is to learn about how careers are built. Each interview shares some gems. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome, Ernest to Thinking About Building Your Career. I put together this podcast and webinar conversation series for young women who are thinking about building a career. And they're not really sure what to do. Maybe they haven't had a mom or an aunt or a counselor to kind of shepherd them through the process. And they're just winging it as they go along. And this career webinar series is for young women who are thinking about making moves. They wanna have that boss life and career. So I have decided to have conversations with women just like you, Ernice, who are cold crushing it out here. So I wanna thank you for joining me today and uh, just ask you first, my Howard Bison sister, please share with me how you got interested in being a nurse, which is where you started your career.
1: Yeah, so um, growing up, I grew up with my grandparents who were elderly and sickly. And so I kind of was always involved in their care going to their doctor's appointments, when they had home health aides, I was always around. Um, In the times they were hospitalized, I was always visiting. And so I really got to experience healthcare from an inside perspective at a young age. And that really influenced me to say, I wanted to be in healthcare. Essentially, I wanted to be a doctor at one point, but I said, you know, if I become a nurse and then I decide to become a doctor, at least I have a, a backup option just in case that doesn't work out um and so when I decided to go to Howard and decided to go to nursing school um it was an easy thing I that was my major the day I walked in I didn't have to really decide Um, I knew nursing was going to be the path that I wanted to follow um and you know I kind of just figured it out from there
0: well I think you've been really figuring it out in an amazing way when you thought about nursing Mm-hmm. Is nursing what you thought it would be as a career when you first started at, at Howard as a nursing major?
1: Not at all. I think the image of nurses and what nurses do um, in healthcare and what happens behind those walls um, is very much like a fairy tale. I think we think, you know, when people need help, they'll get the help. When people need resources, they'll get the resources. When people need support, they'll get those things. And in reality, um, the healthcare system is so disjunctive, so disconnected, that we are essentially just putting Band-Aids on gaping wounds, um, literally and figuratively. And we are just essentially trying to keep people together long enough to get them to the next phase, the next thing, if that's qualifying for Medicare, or if that's, you know, waiting for open enrollment to come, like whatever next thing that we're waiting for them so that they can qualify for more services. That's what essentially we're trying to do. So we're hobbling along, um, getting people through these different processes and really not providing continuous care. Um, And so it's a struggle when you're at the bedside and in the hospital setting, you're essentially just helping for the moment for as long as those patients are there. Um, When you're in the community, you're just trying to keep them out of the hospital and trying to make sure they have the things that they need. But you're fighting against so many people against the, you know, whatever socioeconomic status and issues that they may have within their community or within their personal life as well as you know, the insurance companies, as well as the changing laws that may be happening. And so many more things that I think that we as nurses are like, no, we just wanna take care of people. We just wanna help people. And in reality, there are just so many things counteracting that, mm-hmm. that you really don't get to do what it is that you were educated to do.
0: You know, I think that when we all start out our careers, we say, oh, we want to do X, Y, or Z. And then when we see what it is, Mm -hmm. boy, does that change for us. I mean, just a little tip about me. I started my career as a pharmaceutical sales representative with Pfizer many years ago. And the first thing that struck me was how unhealthy so many people were in -hmm. these offices. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, it fueled me to Mm -hmm. start the business that I have today, One Jazzy Life, Mm -hmm. because I have to say, women were down, they were in their Mm -hmm. Mm fifties. They were sick. I mean, not, oh, I feel ill, sick on dialysis. Mm -hmm. You know, they were depressed. They had uncontrolled hypertension. Obesity was just rampant and as it still is today. But what I was seeing in those offices made a profound impact on my career choices moving forward. And and I just dedicated myself to being of service Mm -hmm. to young women, women in terms of creating health in their life, creating, how do you create wealth? How do you build a career for yourself? How do you add joy to your life? Mm -hmm. You know, so that you can maintain your spirit and yourself. I mean, those are the three tenets that my company is founded on, but it started with that little seed of seeing these women, my women, you know, women who look like us, mm-hmm. just down, yeah. beaten up by life. Mm-hmm. And, and I, the numbers, the sheer number of women that were in that position was amazing to me. And I just thought to myself, if we can start early, yeah. if I can start early at educating and talking and training and coaching, we can, I can
1: decrease the number of women who get to this place. Definitely, yes. Definitely, an all hands on deck type of situation. All hands on deck, for sure. Enough education resources mm-hmm. support, community to provide for the millions of people who need that information. It's so necessary.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and my whole thing is just start early at educating yourself on how to eat right. Mm-hmm. You know how to create money for yourself, mm-hmm. and which is where our discussion comes in, and how to have some joy. What I love about your career trajectory is that, you know, you ch- you changed with the times. Yeah. You saw a need and said, you know what? I'm going to provide that. Tell me a little bit about that transition or not even transition, adding on.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's been an addition. So um, when the Affordable Care Act was coming out, I've been a nurse for about three years and I was living in DC. And so things were just heavy, political, lots of news, lots of things going on. And you want to be involved. You want, you know, you when something big like that has happened, you want to be in you know, on the ground level saying, I'm there, I did this, I did that, you want to be a part of history. And so I figured, you know, I wanted to work in public policy, I wanted to work for the federal government. And that kind of was always the goal. And um, when I decided to go to law school, I felt that it would give me a better opportunity of doing both public policy, as well as maybe even, you know, doing some type of legal work if needed. And so um, it gave me more options than just getting a master's in public health. And um, so I went to law school and in those first few weeks, I was exposed to so many more other atrocities that were happening in our country, um, just with housing and the social you know, justice system and criminal justice system and all of these things that are happening. And I'm like, wait, okay, it's not just healthcare that is just so disjunctive and tore up from the ground and everywhere else. Um, and so it really made me feel like, okay, do I just wanna stick in healthcare or do I wanna kind of expand my experience to other things? So I did housing uh, law when I, was in, when, when I was in law school and, and helped a client who um, didn't have access to a dis- disability apartment, their apartment flooded and then the apartment moved them to the second floor. So every time that person wanted to leave they had to call 911 to get um, the fire department to bring them down for years. And like the office was across the street from her building. So it wasn't as if they didn't know, it wasn't if the leasing office wasn't, there wasn't someone there or the property manager wasn't there, they knew. And they still treated this person who was using a wheelchair to get around this way. Um, and in that she ended up having a fall at one point, just so many things. And then we, when I finally was able to join in on the case, we eventually got her to a hearing got her back into an appropriate apartment and got her you know, awarded a, a substantial amount of money. And so it's like those things are the joys, but it's such a long process and it's so hard and so difficult. Um, but when I graduated, I wasn't able to find a legal job that helped me, allowed me to combine both my nursing and my, my law experience. So I got back into healthcare thinking I wanted to get more experience to figure out what I wanted to do. And so I've kind of stayed in healthcare post law school and really just in the last year really started practicing law and actually taking on clients and opening my own practice. But all of the experience that I got in healthcare has really kind of aided me in what I do today. And being able to pivot, I think is one of the biggest things that I think people don't, you don't have to stick with the same thing, the same idea, the same project, the same business, whatever. You don't have to stick with it. You can also explore other options um, and figure it out right and fail forward or just learn I think sometimes we figure out like the first thing we're going to do is the thing that we're going to stick to forever and in reality those may just be learning opportunities
0: right I totally agree with you on that and it's and it's so true that many times failing forward is is part of the journey it's Mm -hmm. part of you know our whole life story Mm -hmm. you know in terms of building a great career, in terms of building a life that we enjoy and love,
1: yes, yes. you
0: know, and on the line, give us a little bit more about, um, you know, the type of law you're practicing now. Tell us a little bit about what you've created.
1: Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, originally when I opened my law practice three years ago, I was doing med- medical malpractice and personal injury, and it just did not bring me joy. I wasn't happy. I had a couple of clients, and I just was like, this isn't it. Like, I didn't want to get deep into things and take on more clients, so I kind of put it on pause, and then the pandemic happened, which I think shook up a lot of people, and it for mm-hmm. some people, it made them realize what they didn't want to do, and for me, it made me realize what I wanted to do. Um, And so I realized that I wanted to work with healthcare providers who were actually opening up their own businesses as well as teaching and educating healthcare providers on how to protect their license. So within my practice, I work with mostly nurses and nurse practitioners who are opening up their own businesses, helping them with business development, business consultant, um, and some legal work as well. And I partner with attorneys across the country to help these new entrepreneurs build and protect their businesses and their brands. And then on the educational side of my practice, I built courses and content for healthcare providers to teach them how to protect their license. And so it's essentially a self-paced course where people can go in, watch videos, and really learn what it looks like from the legal side of of being sued or being reported to the board or any of those aspects. And they have an inside view and understanding of what they should do to protect themselves.
0: Mm. So what gave you that idea? I'm just curious.
1: Yeah. So I... um, sorry. So I uh, was on a podcast last year, speaking with um, an OBGYN or obstetrics a, a doctor who was being sued. And she was so frustrated with the process. And she was like, I just didn't know that this was going to happen like this. And I didn't know what to expect. And I just feel like, you know, betrayed. Um, and so when I began to ask her questions, like, well, did someone tell you this? Or did you, you know, prepare you for these things? No one had prepared her, not the hospital, not all of the conferences that she had gone to, not medical school, nothing, not the CEUs that she takes every single Mm -hmm. year. There was no one out there educating healthcare workers, like if this happens to you, this is what you should do and this is how you should prepare yourself. So from that conversation, I really began to ask more questions to my audience, to my peers, to my colleagues about some of their experiences. And then I began to hear some of the horror horror stories of those who have been somewhat railroaded railroaded or steamrolled by the litigation process. Yeah. And so I specifically created my course to prepare people for those instances so that they don't have to be steamrolled or railroaded or misguided, that they actually have a handle on what is, it is that they know is going to happen. And they can actually be prepared for what's going to happen in the future.
0: You know, I asked you that not, not having any idea what you would say, but what I can glean from the whole thing is that you took an experience you learned something from that experience and created something. Yeah. You know what I feel is a, a pervasive view out here is that I'm going to start something. It's going to be amazing in two hours, and and I'm going to be blowing it up just like that. But what I what I'm hearing from you, and I want everyone to hear, is that every time you took in action, you learned something, you moved forward and you learned something and you moved forward, you added on, you learned something, you moved forward, you added on, because this is a process, this life thing, this business thing, your career Mm -hmm. is a process. It doesn't just happen. I mean, even Beyonce Mm -hmm. didn't just happen. She was before Destiny's Child, she was in Destiny's Child, you know? I mean, she has moved along in a process, but you know, unfortunately, kind of, you know, people tend to believe that this is just a, you know, it's something that comes out magical in 30 seconds.
1: Yeah, I definitely think this is a microwave generation. I think people, you know, look, even will look at me and say, oh, you're an overnight success. And I'm just like, overnight success. Like, first of all, I went to undergrad, I went to law school, I've worked in between that I've worked post, you know, right. school there's no Oh, you know, there's no overnight success, you know, you just happen to find out what, but all the things that I talk about, the things that I do are things that I've dreamed of for years or things that I've thought about for years. It's not something that just like popped up, right? These were either ideas that I had, and I just didn't have the time or the money or the energy to execute or things that I've tried and it just didn't work out, right? I, I talk about this on my own social media about the evolution of my business ideas of things that I've tried and failed. You know, I had like a subscription box where people could purchase, you know, things to send to their friends and I just couldn't get the margins right. So I was spending more than I was making, but at least I was smart enough to not just keep putting money into the business and realize, okay, this is no longer working out. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that people don't see those failures because they just don't know you, right? And people think that wherever they meet you are is where you've always been. Um, And that's not true. The truth is that, you know, people have gone through some very hard things and it's not really anyone's, you know, business for me to always share the harder things that I've gone through, because sometimes people just don't understand. Right. And when you put yourself out in that vulnerable, that vulnerable way, you don't always get the best response. And so you kind of guard yourself and you protect your heart and you show the best parts of you because mm-hmm. that's what the world wants to see.
0: Right. Oh, if, or if they ask about some of the hard parts, you know, then you have the choice of what you want to share because you're right. controlling the narrative. Exactly. And I'm not judging a, one thing you say, but I'm just saying, you are just walking right into all my boxes that I love. Right. <laughs> I
1: love
0: the last one was, these are things I've been dreaming of. Mm-hmm. And now I have the resources to kind of make some of my dreams come true. Mm-hmm. And that is a, a key part of life mm-hmm. is spend some time daydreaming, spend some time dreaming. There was literally just an article in the times home section this past Sunday,
1: about just spend some time daydreaming. Mm -hmm. It's good for you. Mm -hmm. Gives you something to go for. Instead of chasing after other people's dreams. I think sometimes we think that we want something because we see someone else because that they have it but in reality that may not be your dream like you may want the lifestyle or the freedom or the money but you may not actually want to be doing what they're doing so if you are essentially doing what someone else is doing just because you think that's going to give you those three options you're actually going to burn yourself out a lot faster because that's not really for you right that's not really your story or how you should be doing doing life to- totally
0: uh I totally agree with that i mean i couldn't I mean, it's just, I'm so glad you're sharing it because this is, I I let people know that the gems will be dropped during thinking about building your career. And this is truly one of them. Mm -hmm. You know, listen, a lot of things are going to happen in your life. How you respond to those things, how you learn from those things is truly how you build Mm -hmm. the life that you desire. Because really, literally, everybody wants three things, right? You want a lifestyle and everybody's lifestyle is different that they want but mm-hmm. you got a lifestyle in mind that you want. Yes. And then number two, you wanna have some freedom. Yeah. You know, everybody freedom is different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then you also wanna have some money. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, let's be real. People don't talk about the fact that life takes a lot of dollars to do. You know, I mean, you have a few children, so yeah. you know better than most. Lots of,
1: dollars. Lots of dollars. How
0: much dollars it takes to have little children. I mean, I only have one son who's 15 and it takes lots of dollars to keep him afloat. You know, so it's just we mothers, partners, wives, young women who are thinking about building careers and lives, mm-hmm. got to know that we have to come to the table with some with some strategies.
1: Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it.
0: So one of the one of the questions that I ask every participant is, you know, how does this land? And this is a quote from, it's it's a, it's a, a quasi, you know, feeling from Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, because mm-hmm. she is my queen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, she really says that it is unfair that we ask young people to decide what they want to do so very early in their life, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And because she's still trying to figure out what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna ask you to think two ways with this, you know, when you were, you know, getting ready to go into college, you know, what were you thinking of? And then number two, what do you think's next for you? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I think growing up, I was inspired by Ben Carson, the the original, you know, his version mm-hmm. of inspiration, um, mm-hmm. and through his book and through his work. And so I just wanted to work at Hopkins. Like my biggest goal in life was to work at Johns Hopkins, and that was actually my first nursing job out of nursing school and I just didn't expect for it to be my first. I just assumed it would take me years to get there because, it would, you know, people wouldn't hire me or would, I just, you know, didn't have that as a vision of something happening so soon after graduation or I kind of got that job while I was still in school. And so once I kind of said, oh, that was, that was the biggest goal that I had in life. Like what's next? It just (laughs) left a lot of room to figure out life and and a lot of uncertainty because I didn't know what else I wanted because that was as far as I had thought thought through. Um, And so I think that now what I see for myself is really being able to serve people in a way that I don't think that I could serve in an individual basis at the bedside to really be educating people um, in a broader spectrum, if that's through conferences or through, you know, even through curriculum. I think I'm really interested in interjecting so much of what I teach into nursing schools, nurse practitioner programs and medical school Mm -hmm. programs um, and hospital systems. Like, I think this information is just so necessary because everyone is walking around with so much anxiety and they just don't have the right information. Um, And so I see myself educating, teaching, being on big stages and having these good conversations about, how to protect your patients and yourself um, and by doing good work. And I think in the essence of what is happening every single day in this country with racism and some of the the despicable experiences that we have every single day in dealing with racism, really being able to create strategic change, right? Not to simply have conversations about it, but actually to implement policies that will hold people accountable for some of these um, disparities and the outcomes of patients of, of color. So, yeah, that's what I see myself doing. I think it's not necessarily tied anymore to a title. It's not tied anymore to a job. It's not tied anymore to a location, but actually to just doing work that I think is purposeful and meaningful to me.
0: You know, just getting into the disparities and healthcare administration, I'd like your opinion on, you know, just one of these things that came up over recently, a few years ago when Serena Williams had her baby. Mm -hmm she was you know discriminated against you know with regards to you know her i i believe it was her level of pain she was having she thought something was wrong and and it really was something wrong and they dismissed her i mean that was at the highest level you know people dismissing yeah people mm-hmm. you know and and ha- and couldn't could have a, a poor outcome
1: yeah the data is there, and I think we—I was just talking about that recently. How um, if a pay, you know, if a patient comes in with chest pain, Black people are dismissed, and we don't assume that they're having a heart attack. We assume they're either having some type of drug withdrawal or alcohol withdrawal, even if they don't have a history or signs and symptoms. And so we always assume the worst when it comes to patients, patients of color, poor people, homeless people, people who are previous addicts. We don't give them the benefit of the doubt. We always treat based on what we feel instead of being treated based on the symptoms or based on the labs. Um, And so Serena and Beyonce and all these other people who have had these terrible maternal experiences, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that we all get to see that it doesn't matter what your status is, doesn't matter how much money you make, it doesn't matter how private your situation is, a bad outcome can happen to any of us. And we have to all be advocating for policies that, that allow, that doesn't allow these types of things to happen, right? If there was a policy in place that if a patient has a a specific complaint that it has to be followed up on and it has to go through a a set of reactions and instances that has to happen, then I think that that wouldn't have happened for her because if she would have complained, then it would have triggered something that would have happened in the system that had nothing to do with people's personal feelings. And I think that's what we have to get rid of. We have to get away from people making judgment calls based on what they feel and they think because we know that Black, white, or whomever, people in healthcare are biased. And those systemic biases then impact people's lives and could lead to bad outcomes all and the that's time. The,
0: that, that's what we want to see. That's what I want to see next from you. I'm already thinking about where I see you yeah,
1: yeah. going
0: next with, uh, with, with your education and how you're going to educate us Mm-hmm. how you're going to educate students, how you're going to educate more hospitals and training centers that are doing the work that needs to be done for our, you know, for our healthcare providers so that we get these outcomes that we we desire. Yeah. Definitely. You know, so I don't know if you have a lot of you know interaction with you know college students, young nurses that are in their careers just starting out. And even young people in general that are, you know, in college or getting ready to go to college, because a lot of people want to be nurses post pandemic during this pandemic. The health professions have just exploded, you know, and for many reasons, but all good in my opinion, Mm -hmm. because anytime people can really witness how what they do makes a big difference in their life and that's what they want to go for I think that's a very good thing so I just wanted to ask you if you had any you know advice for young folks you know thinking as they're thinking about making moves in their career
1: so yeah I think for me the you know is to be open I think I sometimes I was so like I have to do it this way I have to do it. Like I was very specific on the things that I had to do. And because of that, it prohibited me from experiencing other opportunities because I was so focused on just the one. either the title or the money or the experience. Like I was like, this is what has to happen first in this order for me to be able to be successful. And I think I I cut myself off from opportunities that really could have led to different experiences and and, and things that I probably just wouldn't have explored if I just had been more open. So to be more open to any of the opportunities that you just may not see in front of you or that uh, are not traditional, because those may be the ones that actually kind of help you grow and to be who you really want. Want to be
0: yes be open yeah you know what the one thing i have to say about being open is that you it's easy for us to say be open but you're not going to get opportunities and i don't i don't mean get opportunities in the way that it's get 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 huh. you're not going to be offered opportunities you got you're not going to see opportunities if you're not out there hmm Putting mm-hmm. yourself out there, being involved in associations that have to do with the career that you're thinking of, being in, in education, yes. you know, in the field that you're interested in being in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's for you, it's nursing. It could be business for someone else. It could be architecture for someone else. It could be fashion design for someone else. But if mm-hmm. you're just in the classroom, then you're you're missing half the, you're missing half the fun. Yeah. You're missing a lot of the fun. You got to right. get out there. And okay. you've got to get involved in order to see these opportunities. Definitely. In order for somebody to offer you an opportunity, they've got to get to know you. You've got to get out there and speak, mm-hmm. i.e. speaking skills coach, yeah. about what it is you're doing, what you want to do, what your interests are, so that you get the chance for somebody to say, hey, you might be interested in this. And then you get the chance to say, yes,
1: I am. Mm-hmm. The unexpected. I'm interested in that. Yes. Yeah.
0: Powerful. I think we all, I, I think I'd know for me, I rushed and I mean like a steamroll through <laughs> school. I was like, oh, out in four, boom. Oh, okay. thanks time for grad school, boom, out in two, boom. you know, yeah. I mean, I just ran through the whole thing and I really, oh gosh, you can't get those years back. Just wish that I had taken a little bit more time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, yeah. to- you know, marinate on a few things, you know, try a Mm -hmm. few things, maybe go to Europe a few times, you know what I mean? Because it wasn't like I didn't have the opportunities. They were there. I just was like steamrolling through stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, no, I can't do that right now. I got to do this. And yes. it, I think
1: that that's a, a definitely an undercurrent in our conversation. Is mm-hmm. oh yeah, one of the things I wanted to do was study abroad, but I waited to the last minute and I couldn't fit it in. But I but I knew what it was from the beginning, and I had friends doing it. and I wish I would have taken those chances, opportunities in that sophomore year. So yes, um, <laughs> definitely something that I wish I would have taken more time with as well.
0: So I I you know I hear I hear that life is calling.
1: Yes. Yeah. I
0: definitely hear that life is calling. And I just want to ask you if there's anything that you'd like to share that I haven't asked you about, you know, just in terms of what equals one jazzy life for you in terms of, you know, what, how did you create this whole thing for yourself?
1: Yeah. I think for me, one of the things that I think I really, really, um, pride myself on is not letting my past determine my future. I grew up in a very difficult, you know, just childhood. It's so much trauma, so many things. And one of the things I think I did in college that I was proud of myself because I don't think anybody in my family ever did was get therapy and actually get help and process some of those things um, because some of us, you know, we come to college and you're able to become a new person. You, no one knows who you are. No one knows where you come from. And so you can remake yourself. But if you don't deal with some of the past trauma and pain and some of the things that you deal with continuously, like it's a never ending fight for some of us, um, then you find yourself lashing out in different ways and really not being able to enjoy your experience in your life. Um, and so not allowing your past to determine your future, but also dealing with it and, you know, dealing with it in a, in a, in a healthy way that makes it makes sense for you. And so that you're not carrying it as a chip on your shoulder or as a burden, but it can be more of a fuel to kind of get you where you want to go.
0: Those are words to live by. I mean, words to live by. I just thank you for sharing that because so many people are in a situation where they feel like they have to stuff things down. They've Mm -hmm. got to tamp down all of their, you know, anger and pain and these types of things where you can, which is another thing I love about switching schools in general, you know, change of environment or what have you is you do have a bit of an opportunity to remake. Yes who you are and, and tell people who you want to be at that moment mm-hmm. and start creating that. But it's very difficult to do if you don't take care of the stuff you gotta take care of
1: mm-hmm. so that you
0: can present your best self. Exactly. You know, so it really is, um, you know, the, I, I thank you for sharing that because not everybody is willing to share about therapy. I mean, my, I've made my career in pharmaceutical sales in the area of mental health. Mm -hmm. I've been there since forever. Mm -hmm. So I'm very comfortable talking about it, but a lot of times people aren't comfortable talking about mental health. And I believe April is something awareness month. Mm -hmm. Mm So, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm happy that you shared because I know it's going to be something that somebody might hear and say, you know what, the resources are out here for me. Definitely. And I I know I can access them and 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 start doing what I want to do, mm-hmm. living the way I want to live, yes. making the life that I'm interested in making for myself, and whatever family that I'm going to create in the future. Yeah, definitely. So definitely. I want to thank you, Ernice, um, for sharing with us today and giving us. You know, people don't know that your your handle is social freedom fighter, but I totally get it now. Yeah, and, yeah. And you're going to you're going to move that that handle you know way forward.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> I see you working in somebody's Department of Health and maybe even, you know, going to be the head of the health department. In whatever city you end up in, creating policy for that city. I mean, I don't know if that's your vision, but as we've talked, I mean, I just felt like, you know, as you move forward, these are the things that are going to pop into your into your lap because of your energy and your commitment to teaching and sharing and being on top of the policy so that people get, you know, the fair treatment, everyone Mm -hmm. that they deserve. Definitely. So. Thank you so much, Arnice.
1: No problem. Thank you so much. I really am glad that I came and and it's been a great conversation opportunity.
0: Well, everyone from thinking about building your career is very appreciative of the knowledge that you shared with us today. So please, we wish you everything all the best. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. I hope each of you enjoyed this webinar and learned a few gems you can use on your professional journey. For more inspiration and information to build the career of your dreams, follow me on Instagram at TheRealJaniceSaunders. Until then, be busy being who you want to be and living a lifestyle that suits you just fine.